This is the Robbie G Podcast, episode number 14. This episode features Greaves, dope, all-star MC. I had the chance to tour with him pre-pandemic, and uh, good to get a chance to catch up with him now, see what he's doing, see what he's got cooking. He's got a new instrumental album out. Go and check it out. Tap in, tune in, Era O. Yo, this is the Maestro Fresh West. We're chilling with Robbie G. The boy Joel Ortiz, and you already know I'm rocking out with my dude. Yo, what up? It's the Kid Mercules. Hey, yo, this is the one and only R.A. the Rugged Man. And it's your man's O.B. Trice. Yo, this is Double Faction. You're listening to, and you're listening to Robbie G. Robbie G. Robbie G. You already know what it is, man. Cool. Powerful. We are here. Made it work. How you doing, brother? Oh, my kid is losing his shit right now. Not good, not good. No, never good. Daddy daycare. Dude, every day I'm full time with this shit now. I haven't made music in a year. <laughs> it's crazy. I see you tinkering away there on uh, on the stories. You're always playing around in the studio, making making some some things, some noise. I'm like making. Yeah, I haven't like I haven't recorded vocals in a year. Yeah. Except for like a few features, but even then, I've been like, you know, four months late. Taking your time. I got with one it. for Medi right now. I got my one. I got one out for Medi right now from uh, Sweatshop Union, and it's been like a year. It's been crazy. It just came out now, or no? It's I haven't even recorded it. <laughs> You're still sitting on it. Still sitting on it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a piece of shit. Let's what let's no, it's not that you're a piece of shit. It's just the artist, I think a lot of artists go through this like weird phase of procrastination on like almost everything that we do. It's you you know that you want to get it done and it feels good when it's done, but somehow it just sits there and you're like, Why why don't I just do it? But you just get get caught up in everything else. So like for you, what like how do you how do you deal with that? How do you deal with the with with putting tasks off and and the procrastination? Because you do get a lot of shit done, man. You've got a got a pretty solid dis- discography out. I go through phases of uh, like creative bursts, so it's mm-hmm. not like it's not like one thing. It's not like you know, let's write raps today or let's make beats today. It's like it is never getting on like what it's gonna be. Um, and I guess that's just always been the way it's been, which was like frustrating, especially when I was like locked into a contract because they'd be like, we need a record this year. I'm like, Meh, I don't know. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's there. Maybe it's not. Um, and, you know, it was a lot harder to to do kind of like side creative projects and shit like that when you've got to focus directly on, you know, what you've committed to to a label. And, mm-hmm. um, now I'm I'm. I'm kind of all over the place. Like I'm, I'm about to release a lo-fi record. Okay. No raps. No, it's just like beats. It like it slaps a little harder than a lo-fi record because I don't really know how to do the like you know like morning coffee steady beats stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of it kind of bangs like a hip hop record, <laughs> but it's like melodically it's it's very similar to a lot of the lo-fi stuff. It's just I think sonically it. I don't really know how to do the like drums. It's uh, it punches you in the chest. So it'll be a little different, and I'm, you know, I'm excited about that. But 
that's been where I've been at. And that's 100% where like my creativity has gone. And instead of being like, well, I should be, you know, writing full songs and, and completing rap records. And, you know, I just kind of gave into it and having this kid and, and everything like my time has been more divided than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And when I do have time, normally I just want to fucking sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so at the, at this point, it's like, the my energy is is coming out in this way of like these kind of instrumental pieces so i'm gonna just keep doing that for right now not saying that it's like that's what i do now it's just that's what my next release is going to be that doesn't mean it's like the next like here you have to have it grieves record um i'm not going to tour it i'm not going to play it live it's just going to be like here's some fucking music that i'm like here's where i threw my artistic energy mm-hmm. um but as far as like getting over lulls and stuff like that, I don't really know. Like I, I'll try to pivot. I've, I've gone through things where it's like, doesn't matter. Just do something today. Like, mm-hmm. like, just do something. If you don't like the beat, just fucking finish it anyways. Um, Cause somebody else might like it or, or, or something like that. Um, and that I think does kind of help clear the pipes a little bit, but at the same time, if you're not happy with what you're making, that's for me, what's the point? You know, I'm not really clearing my my block if I'm just creating something that I don't appreciate Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, art is cathartic and it's supposed to feel good and it's supposed to, like, alleviate stress and all those other things for me. So if I'm making something that doesn't make me happy, then why the fuck am I doing it? I guess it's crucial. Yeah, it's I mean, we got to we got to maintain the the feeling of having it not be forced right just have it be natural and and let it let it come when you yeah. sit there and you try and slug your your way through something that doesn't feel right it's uh yeah you got to put it you got to put it down after a while or else you just you get frustrated with yourself you're just like why am i even working on this it's not something that that vibes with me so yeah, i can i can relate Absolutely. to that it's it's tough right now i mean it it seems like we should have more time on our hands than ever but yet somehow there's no time <laughs> man i had to go into hustle mode when this shit hit and it didn't involve me fucking tinkering around in the studio really like i had to chase other means of like securing financial freedom i guess during this uh fucking year-long pandemic that we've been going through and yeah i just i haven't had the time i haven't had the creative energy i don't want to make a record that is focused around the trials and tribulations of what just happened because mm-hmm. fucking everybody's going to do that and it's redundant and it's I, it's not really true to form of like the the shit that I do so I don't want to make like a woe is me quarantine record mm-hmm. when it's like okay yeah well fucking all of us dude like we all went through that um, it just doesn't really I don't know it's it's turned me off. I've heard a lot of music that have, has come out over the time, and that it's like talking about it. And it's just like, man, if I hear one more fucking lockdown song, I'm gonna fucking slap somebody. Like I just want, I just want music to like take me away from this, you mm-hmm. know? Art and the things that I divulge in, I want it to kind of like, I want that to be my escape from here. Uh, I wanna, I want this time where people can't go to work or they can't tour to maybe unlock some like kooky creative sides and that's why i'm i think that's why this next project is going to be what it is like i 
that's where I went. I didn't do the fucking stereotypical like, okay, I've had all this time. Here's how I feel. Like, it's just like, well, fuck it. This, this is what I did with my time over this time. And this is how I was feeling. And this is kind of the music I was listening to. And, and this is some of this shit is hella weird. <laughs> and here you fucking go. If you don't like it, that is completely fine with me. But um, yeah, I, I would rather see people kind of explore the, the deeper, more artistic sides of themselves with all this time mm-hmm. than, you know, skimming the surface. I feel you. I feel you on that. I I took a lot of time to uh, hone in on my writing skills, and I released a book last year, uh, December 11th, called Sick. Rapper's Guide to an Enlightened Mind, and it just gave me a new kind of way to flex my creative muscle and in a different way and, and in a way that, that my listeners and, and people can kind of get to know me a little bit better um, through the book. So mm-hmm. that was that was a fun project. And that's project. intimate as shit. And if, if, if one thing happened during this, I think intimacy between fans and artists became like a like a huge thing. That, that's yep. an alley that people have gone down. Um, and I think that it's going to stay beyond. Like, I don't think that the digital concert thing anyone's going to give a fuck about because it's just you don't get the same like energy or vibe or emotion or anything over like a digital concert. But I think things like this, I think you know, so many artists turn to platforms like Twitch and stuff like that to mm-hmm. to have that one-on-one time where where you where it, it's kind of been taken away. And I I struggled with it at the beginning because I was like, man, fucking let the mystery be. Like let the mystery be between the artist and the fan. Let you know the 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 person who makes the music still be the person they are in their home and with their family and their kids and shit like that. And now it's like everybody's like like i'm watching motherfuckers do like house tours like come on through like subscribe and i'll show you my bathroom it's like okay like we're really wringing out the fucking towel on this shit but i i do think a level of like i think mike shinoda is a really good example of what he's doing on twitch where he's like just making music with like fans and just whoever the fuck and he's like created like a twitch album um that's fucking cool to me uh, I think it's really cool to fans too to see a bit of the creative process. You don't have to let them all the way in because it is personal, mm-hmm. and it's not like you can just fill up the studio and have a bunch of fucking people sitting here while you work. But you can kind of, like you said, like exercise that creative muscle a bit because you know every everything everything you make isn't gold. Everything you make doesn't go on the record. And sometimes you just do have days where you're like, I don't know, I'm just fucking doing it to do it today. And maybe that's the day that you turn the camera on. You know. And maybe somebody says something during that stream that like inspires you to do some other shit. Some of these tracks on this instrumental record, I was doing live on Twitch and someone's like, put saxophones in there, which is what motherfuckers always say. They're like, put in trumpets with some saxophones because they don't know. But you, you're like, okay, fuck it. Like I 100% would not put saxophones in this song. You motherfuckers want a saxophone, let's go. And you put the saxophone in, and you're like, that shit's fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would have never made that decision myself. And you've, you've taken me out of my comfort zone. And I've, I'm like, it's one of my favorite songs on the fucking project. That's awesome. Because there's just this random saxophone, and it's sick. And it fits <laughs> perfectly. But 100% left to my own devices, I would have never done. Mm-hmm. Um and watching the support that comes from fans um, in that realm, like 
some of them just want to kind of be a part of what you're doing a little bit more than just like showing up to your shows. And yeah. this is showing up to their shows as a way for them to kind of demonstrate that energy for you. Uh, a lot of people come to my shows that don't necessarily like live shows or don't go to any other live shows other than our live shows. And they're going to those shows to like support the art, support the artists, and maybe even get a word in or two with you and be like, hey, last time I saw you, it was this. Now it's this. How the fuck are you? Like, you know, it's like small things. But I've noticed on Twitch, like we some of those people come through and like we've like built a community. It's wild. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and if you would have told me this like two years ago, I'd be like, eh, let's just tour and like stick to the fucking script and like just do things the way that we've been doing them. Because but. Man, I do a stream on Monday and Wednesday, and I love them, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I've been tuning in. It's, like it's, dope, the, it's like a release, dude. That fucking Monday one is like, I look forward to that one straight up. I feel you on Like, that. the Wednesday one is like me trying to exercise a little bit of like, okay, I've been doing this for like 15, 16 years. What do you guys want to know about? Like, how can I like help you not make the same bad decisions I made? Also... I'm not going to set up some bullshit like master class or whatever it is where I'm going to charge you for my opinion. Um, there's no rules of this shit. So just fucking, you know, if you got a question, I'll, I'll gladly answer it. If I have the answer, I'll also gladly tell you that I do not have the answer. There's a <laughs> lot of shit. I don't know. So no, it's beautiful, man. I love, I love what you're doing with that. And I, I got on the same tip. Like as soon as the, the pandemic hit, um, I started doing a live show on Thursday nights every thursday at 7 p.m pacific time and then a couple hours before that i hop on and do like a pre-show hangout for an hour with everyone and just kind of like chop, chop it up and see how the week was and stuff like that and it's just yeah it's something that i look forward to every week it's something that's kept me on point for when i go back to yeah. touring like i'm i'm so sharp on that's my lyrics and my songs um which a lot of my other friends and i've even seen some people doing live performances like a level top tier artist doing live stream performances and like completely botching their songs on stage because they're just forgetting it because they're not used to doing it every week like you normally would when you're on the road right so um that's something that that i've really been enjoying is doing the the live stream and just yeah this breaking down the the veil i know back back in the day that was a big thing is the secrecy and the whole like you know you don't really yeah. want to let your fans know who you are you don't want to let them know too much about yourself and like there is that big um wall and now it's basically broken completely down but i really think that for fans especially like and even for myself as a fan of other artists that i've been watching and seeing how they're they're navigating through this space it's like like we we enjoy it so much like the fans enjoy it yeah. so much when they get a chance to really um talk to you connect with you form like almost a friendship and a bond with you and, and like you said create a community you've you've literally created like this community and people then end up becoming friends with each other in the community people have become friends from like across the the country just because of of meeting in in on those live streams and it's like they're so um it's i, I love it i just love the the new way that it is and like you said you know two years ago i would have never thought that this this would have been a thing and now moving forward like i want to continue doing this even when we get back to doing touring and on the road i want to pop in every week and and do a live stream and hang out with fans and stuff like that because it's just so um enjoyable for me and great for them too it's it's really i was like really scared when this happened because i was on tour I had a trailer full of merch. Like I was mm -hmm. set to do a two month tour. I was six shows into the two month tour, which means I had 
two months of merchandise, which I don't move from my online store. Not like I do from a merch table. Like, yeah, not even fucking close. I still, like, in, in the merch fucking warehouse, it's like I have hoodies stacked to the ceiling still, which would have been gone in two months, and a year later, I'm still, like, I haven't even dusted through half of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, yo, I'm not going to get recouped on. Like, I'm just, I have... 40 30 40 thousand dollars worth of fucking merchandise in cotton just fucking sitting in boxes now that's a huge hit like no one's like no one's gonna fucking like i can't recoup that unless i sell all this shit and everyone's about to lose their jobs like i'm fucked like i legitimately was like i think i have to like find something else now Mm -hmm. and i've struggled with my identity and music like a lot um more so being like, yo, I've been doing this for so long, living off of music since 2007. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm fucking 37 now. And I, you know, I have a family and I, with touring taken away, like how the fuck am I going to provide, you know? Not to mention, not only am I starting the pandemic in like the red like a bitch, <laughs> like... I'm I'm losing so much money just from not continuing this tour. Um, mm. How do I a pay that back and b make enough money to like support myself through this? I was fucking devastated. Like I didn't know what was gonna go. I didn't know what was gonna happen. And immediately the fans stood up. And I did not tell them the gravity of the situation. I didn't get into it. I was just like, well, fucking sucks. Tours canceled. Got a bunch of merch didn't drop numbers on him, didn't say like, oh shit. Um, and they fucking bailed me out. Like we, within a week, I, I had recouped that merch pretty much. Incredible. I shipped it all out myself. I was like, I can't pay anybody to ship this. Like <laughs> I got every last dime of this bitch has to go towards all of this stuff. So I did it all myself. The fucking people at the post office thought I was insane. I was showing up with like car loads and just like dragging boxes through the fucking door. It was crazy. Um, And then I just watched numbers go up. I watched streaming numbers go up. I watched fucking like opportunities online go up. Like the Twitch stuff is huge for me. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's a big thing of what I'm doing now. And not only do I enjoy it, but it's also like, it's like my fucking job now. Um, it doesn't supplement for touring income by any means, but it is definitely something that I should 100% keep doing because it is fueling, is keeping gas in the tank. It is getting me to the point that when things do open up and things are safe, I 100% will be able to hit the road and like the same way that I did in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was worried that that wasn't going to be the case not only for me but for so many of my favorite artists um because i know that art is something that we turn to when times get dark and and shit like that but it's not necessarily something that we can engage in especially on on the financial side but i don't know man shit just went crazy last year and i don't mean in a bad way like shit went I've never seen so much positivity as much as I haven't seen so much goddamn negativity. I like the, I don't use Twitter anymore. I won't do it. <laughs> like that place is fucking disgusting. Like I won't use Twitter anymore. I have one. It's got like fucking 50,000 followers on it, but it can go fuck itself. Like I'm done 
surrounding myself with that shit and that aside like i haven't seen so much like i haven't seen so many people step up and just like do the right thing than i have in the past year mm-hmm. it's amazing I've, i kn- i know there's a lot of darkness to look at last year but there's a lot of fucking lightness to look at too there's a lot of beautiful things to look at and you know I think we got to remind ourselves of that or else I will lose my shit. <laughs> I lose my fucking mind if I don't. No, it's so crucial and people get people get caught up in that other side of it though. They get caught up in the dark side of things and and it's hard for everybody especially when it first hit when everyone was like, "Oh my god, like my job's in in jeopardy. I don't know how I'm going to be able to provide." Like everybody was going to dark places, so it's no wonder that um, you know, some of them are still there. They they haven't been able to get out of out of that and um all that we can do is try and keep on doing what you're doing, provide some some good vibes and 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 happiness and let the the people on that same frequency kind of get attracted to you and, and, and come into your circle. Um, but like times are tough. Times are really tough, no matter how, how you oh, look yes. at it. Um, but at the end of the day, you, you have the choice how you want to look at it and how you look at it will determine how you feel at the end of the day. So if you're looking at it in a, in a bright way in a positive way and saying, Hey, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I know that there is some hope. There's a few little things that I can maneuver switch here and there and pivot to make things happen still, then you're going to be all right. I loved what you did uh, just yesterday with the, um, the tour banner. (laughs) <laughs> like creative <Yeah>. ideas <laughs> like that just you know coming up with with cool ways for one to connect with your fans and and to you know be able to recoup from some of those expenses that that came out earlier on um i found you know, it in the basement i was like oh yeah we meant to like give this away or do something with it and their camp was like let's try to raffle it off or some shit and i was like we might get like 20 bucks for this thing and they're like whatever just 20 bucks that we didn't have from it before you know mm-hmm. and i was like okay um and once again, surprise, like wildly surprised, like the highest bid on that thing is 2K. Crazy. Okay. Fucking okay. <laughs> like, well, let's go. That's great. Um, but yeah, it's it's been trying to, you know, that whole last year has been like trying to stay creative. Like we re-released, it was a ballsy move, but it worked for us. Uh, we We put out our first record, which is the only record that we actually own the masters to because it was before we signed uh, our contract, um, was uh, irreversible. And we printed that to vinyl and did like a whole push ourselves. But I don't know if you ever tried to print a vinyl, but that shit is expensive. And when you mm-hmm. don't have any money, it's kind of sketchy to like, you know, get into Jump like into a it. 15, $16,000 investment um, to sell these fucking vinyl packages. And then you're just like, well, shit, we're going to make these. But what if people don't buy them? Like, same problem mm-hmm. um it turned out good for us luckily we we sold damn near all of them i think i got like 50 in the basement or something like that that's so awesome it's great but it it's been i remember once i pulled my head out of my ass because i was like when this all ended i told colin i was like i get like two weeks i get two weeks i gotta be a bitch about this <laughs> like you gotta give me two just unchecked weeks of just being a bitch like i just let me fucking be sad about everything that's happening and then i will go into grind mode and i'm just gonna throw the craziest fucking ideas at you and you're gonna probably hate all of them but i'm gonna make you do some of them and we just went through 
the gamut and just like figured it out and did a bunch of different things. Um, ironically, we made a hat before tour that just had a picture of the globe on it. And it said, we're all fucked. And I had designed this hat months before any of this shit was going, like months and months before tour started before there this had ever happened on us soil or anything like that mm-hmm. and now we just now we're in the middle of a pandemic and i got you know 200 hats that have the globe on it um that says we're all fucked on it and Perfect. i couldn't keep those things on the shelf it was like a fucking omen you know it was like it's, it's like well you do have these ironically true hats um and so we push those things. We end up doing reproduction of those things. Um, I watch so many people do like cool shit on the internet. Like people I've really wanted to fucking like dive into their creative process. Um, I've gotten to watch them do it. We got to see fucking RZA and DJ Premier go toe-to-toe on some beat battle shit. Like how that the was fuck? Awesome. Like, that was one of the coolest I, moments I, ever. <laughs> I was so happy when that happened. Like, like. That was fucking 15 year old me was just like Ooh, like yelling out <laughs> song names and shit when it was happening yeah. and it's like i don't know if that would have been that like if that would have happened if we wouldn't have gone through this and that alternative hustle is tight i i, I really appreciate some of the stuff that has come out of this I, there's some of the stuff that i don't like as well but um it's fucking just cool to see people pull through and do tight shit or let us like in on a little bit that we just like didn't really like key point that fucking DJ premier RZA thing was huge. And it, some of those verses have been fucking phenomenal as well. Like I, I think that is such a good idea. Even if it's like, I know it's all songs we know or whatever. It's not like they're fucking drive going through their hard drives. That'd be sick. I wish they would, but like, <laughs> it's still like, it's like bringing an age old argument to to the faces of people and just having them tune in and then argue with each other who is better it's a it's an amazing fucking idea i love it um i don't know there's some tight shit that happened i love it too i love it too i wish because it's so massive i wish that there was they had different tiers of the versus battles like you know what i mean if they could figure out a way because obviously they're they're dealing with like you know john legend alicia keys snoop dogg dmx like big artists if we could have some sort of lower level verses where we can see you know some of the not a-list celebrity type artists go at it head to head i would love to see that or even like a canadian version where we see canadian artists or different countries uh, artists going head to head and then and then almost like an olympics a rap olympics type Ooh, thing, like a different. worldwide <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> and then sick. yeah i feel like i feel like it could it could build to something like that and become like a, a sport literally like a sport um you're seeing it happen with in the twitch world with with gaming it's crazy how like they have sports announcers like set up just like yep. basketball or, they sell out or Madison any... Square Garden. It's they sell out Madison Square Garden for like League of Legends tournaments. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, the announcers and everything, and they're like doing the post game reviews and pre game reviews and stuff. I'm just this is so mind boggling. When you get into Twitch, it's a whole new world. Um, on there, you're seeing everybody who's just like doing all sorts of things and and bringing it into the into the platform of anybody anybody to end money yeah definitely there's fucking there's... holy shit mm-hmm. like four million dollars like 
when people win tournaments and stuff. Crazy. Playing video games. Crazy, crazy it, money. It, it is an actual career choice now. It's a career choice for young absolutely. people. They're like, Mom, I want to play video games for the rest of my life. They're like, what are you talking about? Did you see that this guy just won? Esports. Yeah. E- yeah. Esports. 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 <laughs> That's the thing. It's just going to get bigger and bigger for sure as it goes on. Um, one thing that I wanted to explore that you had mentioned before was your identity. You said you always struggled with your identity in in the music industry. What do you mean hmm. exactly with like how, how you say you've been you're living off your music since 2007. Like what do you mean by struggling with your identity in this music space? I feel like there's so, something there. I have one goal and and one goal only and that's to have a life in music um i think my career is not necessarily the end all be all of that goal um being grieves having the career as grieves if you take that away that doesn't take away my life in music and sometimes i i wonder why am I not making more strides toward the other things in that realm that would, you know, lend to my life and music? Uh, because the griefs thing does take up so much of my time. Um, it's a full-time commitment. It's, I mean, we're fucking road dogs. Like we live on the road. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the most this year has been the most since I left my job that I've been home. Um, since 2007 i've never been home this long since 2007 um and that was fucking weird for me for sure and and this year alone i i really went up and down on like well you have had the thought of like do i want to keep doing this at the level that i'm doing this for years like i've i've felt that way i'm fucking tired Mm -hmm. um and I've, I've been looking for a way to kind of reinvent the wheel in that department, I think, for a long time. But once again, this wheel works and it is rolling really well. And I don't want to fucking, you know, throw some nails under it and fuck myself like I've seen a lot of people. do. Uh, and then this year happened and I'm like, well, what are you going to do? Like now kind of now's the time and and before that tour i was really having those thoughts because my lady's pregnant we're we're talking about what life is going to be when the kid comes um you know she works full time and pretty much needs to continue to like her her career is super important to her and when i'm not touring i do have the luxury of being able to be home and so that idea kind of works for us but then it's like you know, he's six months old now. And I was like, you know, probably four to six months, I could go out and start doing like two week runs. I don't think I would have been able to do that. (laughs) Like, it's definitely different. It's impossible now, because like, you can't even get like childcare right now. Like it's, it's fucking insane. Um, But, you know, I, I was like, well, maybe it is time for me to like, start thinking more about the audio engineering or I've wanted to move into the tech side of things. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm a big fucking nerd when it comes down to like audio gear mm-hmm. and and digital music. And I I am extremely fucking passionate about it. Um like half of the people that I know and 
you know, that I grew up listening to, they're calling me to make like studio decisions now. They're like, well, what do I, I want to upgrade, but it's, and it's like, man, I should be doing this. Like I, I could have a job doing this. I should partner up with one of these companies and do this. I know all about it. I fucking research it every year. I'm like up to snuff with everything going on. Why am I not like participating more other mm -hmm. than just as like a fan or a hobbyist, you know? Um, so I took a couple strides in that direction this year to kind of test if I would like enjoy that kind of more corporate environment and, and shit like, like that. Um, and I still don't really know, like reached out to, you know, the home court out here, uh, which is called the crocodile and they're kind of expanding, which is great news. A lot of venues. I mean, even in the six shows that we played on that tour, two of those venues went out of business. Two out of six venues fucking out of business, like yeah. wild. And these are venues that I have played multiple times over my career. And it's fucking crazy to just think that they're gone now. Um, it sucks. Um, so I was worried that that was going to be the same fate of the crocodile. Turns out that it's not. And I was like, well, you know, I was thinking... I feel like I would be really good in a venue scenario also because it's all I fucking know. Like I, I feel like I'd be a great production manager or some shit because if I show, when I show up to the venue, I know what I like. And I also know right. how to not to be an asshole. Um, and that's kind of been the rule always with our team is leave a place so that they want you back. The, you know, yeah. you don't want them to be like, Oh, those guys are fucking impossible to work with. This was terrible. This was terrible. Like, that's never the goal. Um, show up professional, know what you're doing, leave some smiles on some faces and leave. Even if you're having a bad day, you're at work. So just fucking figure it out. Um, so, you know, there's that direction as well. There's kind of this online direction with music that is starting to kind of open itself up. And it's, I don't really know the word for it. I hate to use the word influencer, but it's like, it kind of like product reviews and, and, and that way you're not like locked into a certain company or anything like that. And, and you're kind of diving into the mechanics of certain things, which is what I do. I spend too much money on this shit. Man. <laughs> like I'm, I do it for myself. Like I want to tinker. I want to know what these new things are. I'm buying plugins that I definitely don't fucking need, but I just want to know what it does. And maybe it does it a little better than the last one. And it's, it's a thing. And, and, maybe it's time to just start doing that on a platform like this um, mm -hmm. where people can kind of gain some insight on, on some. Of that. Um, and that's all stuff that I've talked about for years. And, and now I think more than ever, it's, it's kind of knocking on my door more. Um, so I think meaning identity and music, I, I mean, whether I want to be this touring record producing you know, fucking smiley faced grieves all the time. Or if I want to kind of like dial it back a little bit and like it, other things, the music, but also make me really fucking happy. Mm. Um, opposed to just being an artist. Follow those passions. Cause it shines through on the camera for everybody who does those product reviews and stuff. I, 
I mean, you just, if you love something, it's going to shine through on the camera. And, and I can already just tell by the way that you're talking about it, that you would, you'd have so much fun doing something like that. It's just a matter of getting the camera, sticking it in front of you and, and doing the review, right? Just shooting, yeah. shooting the video and, and coming up with the script or just flying off the handle and, and talking about, you know, the things that you like, the things that you don't like and, and giving your advice and the the word influencer like yeah there there's like that negative connotation to it a little bit but in a sense you're you're an educator you know what i mean you're a teacher yeah and and that's so important in today's world but like especially now when we can't go out and be on the road or travel or whatever you've got the time to to spend educating people on just that like even what you were saying about how to go into a venue and leave making sure that everybody had a pleasurable experience from the staff to the patrons to everybody that's that's education in itself right there that like young artists listening to that are going to hear that and be like oh that's something like you think about it's common sense but you don't really understand the importance of it and the value of not burning bridges you know and making sure that that those those relationships can can maintain um when you come back around to to go booking the next time but i highly encourage you to get into that educational space it's something that i'm kind of playing with in my mind too because i'm i'm the same i've got friends calling me all the time asking me for advice on as far as marketing goes um you know facebook marketing instagram and selling, oh yeah i was selling picking st- your brain in the car about you you, that. you were like, yeah so wait, hold up what <laughs> yeah, and I, I was yeah, dropping I don't know some shit gems. About that stuff. Some gems on you guys just to let you know about the things that you can do to like retarget in the back end of uh, of your ads manager, and you know it, it gets to this point when you start giving away all the free advice. Basically, people are calling you like, "Hey, how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do that?" And you're like, "Oh, well, you do this, do that," and then you start realizing, "Oh, I I need to be charging for this." You know what I mean? I need to set up yeah, some sort of shit. some sort of I need package. To write a second book. <laughs> yeah make it make it make a book but um yeah there's so much knowledge inside of of us as we go along in our careers and i think we don't even realize it we don't even understand all of the knowledge that we're taking in and you get to a point where you don't remember what it was like being the the young you that was just trying to figure this out and you were on YouTube looking up little tutorials and trying to find people that had the information on the plugin that you wanted so you could get, you know, get the education on it. And then you, you gained that information. Now you can pass it along to somebody else. I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. And I would highly, highly encourage you to, to get into it. And I'll say straight up, I would, I would watch the hell out of a video of Greaves talking about this or that, especially when it comes to production, man, like you, you're, you've got an ear for it. You know, you've been doing it for a long time. You've got a a great sound that you've created and it would be super beneficial for young producers to get a chance to listen to you kind of break down your creative process in the studio, the different plugins that you use, different things that, um, you know, make your, and I know you're doing that a little bit cause I've seen you, you, you know, post some videos, Tried. little, some little story things here and there, or even like, I think you went live on Instagram a couple of times as well. And just were like playing around, um, in the studio, uh, which I've done a lot on Twitch because it's able to like you can incorporate everything in and it makes it easier and you can you know do the screen shares and shit like that but it it is still you know like I'm trying to do these like from scratch things and sometimes that's like maybe I should already have something that I already worked on so but, I, but there's value to like kind of like the fumbling with something as well which I think is a huge part of the fucking creative process. It's like why we don't want to write lyrics live. You know, it's like, 
hmm, like, I do the same shit melodically, you know? So I'm like, whoa, no. Like, there's a lot of that. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, it can it's a little hard to do on camera sometimes, but um, whatever. Yeah, um, I feel that even in the studio sometimes. If I'm in the studio with other people, I'll be writing down bars or coming up with a melody and, like, I know that it's good, but just saying it out loud for the first time, like there's, you're just like, oh, like I don't, you know, there's just some some roughness yeah, yeah. to it. Then and you're just like, fuck, like there's other people around watching me. Like, is this is this even good enough? And then if you follow it through, like most times that you do, it ends up fucking turning out banging and sounds awesome. But you got to go through those those stumble steps of just like, oh shit, this this word doesn't work here, that there, I need to change this up, that, that, you know, and, and that's that, that comes off through the production. But I think that's a beautiful thing, again, with dropping down that veil and that wall and making it more accessible for fans to understand that, like, this shit just, it doesn't come out perfect. And I think one of the things that... Yeah, despite what the fucking rappers say, it's like, now nah, write it down, just it just happens. It just happens, yeah, no, <laughs> like, there's a lot of a process to it and, and figuring things out. Um, one of the things that I noticed with the pandemic that I feel like just the way that people view things has changed a little bit. And before it was like this, but I feel so even more so is the kind of videos that people are doing that are a lot more stripped down. So people who are posting Instagram videos, story videos of them just rapping their song with the beat playing in the background and them just rapping it with no mixing, no mastering, just straight into their phone and posting it. I'm finding that like those kinds of pieces of content are getting so much more engagement and so much more um, just virality than the ones that are super Why polished. Do that is? Why do I think that is? Um, I uh, think it's because people... I've been wondering about that shit too. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, and it's so, it's frustrating sometimes as a musician because you're just like, how, like I just spent, a, you know, $1,500 or, or whatever, $5,000 on making this amazing music video that's got like effects and, and, and different, you know, backdrops. And we spent a lot of time creatively putting this together. And then the video that I shot with my iPhone and fucking took me 10 minutes to chop it up and put it on YouTube ends up getting more views than the one that I spent a, a ton of money and, and time and energy into. And you're just sitting there like, what the fuck? Like, what is it? And I think part of it is the fact that people really enjoy seeing, um, seeing imperfections, <clears throat> seeing like wow. the small nuances and the small little things that like, well, that that key was off, or that tone was off, or that melody was a little this, or or there's a, a breath in a in a spot that shouldn't be like small little things. I feel like people, um, they they like that. It it gets them more connected to the artist. They become uh, the the real thing. I think it is is it makes y you feel like you could be that person more so. The like again, the veil has dropped where you feel like when you're just watching a video of somebody shooting a, a, a video in their kitchen or something like that, just rapping their song, you're like, oh, that person's doing that. I could be doing that too. You know what I mean? It just makes it so much more um, accessible in a sense of like, it's, it's possible. Maybe, I don't know. I, I feel like that's, there's something mentally that's going on with these videos and why those stripped down versions are 
getting more attention than the ones that are super polished. And I'm seeing it with like big famous artists and stuff too. Like I'm, I pay attention to, you know, how the releases are doing and I'm just seeing how those, the videos that are stripped down are just performing so much better. And yeah, that's why I think it is. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not mad at that. I, I am fucking sick and tired of spending fucking ten, twenty thousand $20,000 on a music video that people fucking listen to once and then just go and watch the fucking version that gets uploaded through your distributor that's just like the flat screen or whatever like they'd rather just do that um we're not using music videos really like we were uh in the 90s and 2000s to like sell records Mm -hmm. because you know you would use that imagery to get people to go to the store and buy the fucking record um and like be a part of this thing that you've created you know and and now it's it's a it's it's a added asset that you know you're you're not making shit off the song on spotify really you're not making shit off the video on youtube um so i've seen like prices drop when i first started music video like we were getting quoted like fifty thousand dollars and you're like what fifty thousand dollars <laughs> Yeah, I've like, seen yeah, some quotes that are music video costs. Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't have 50, <laughs> I don't have <laughs> fucking fifty thousand dollars, dude. Um, and then you know that fifty thousand dollar video came twenty thousand, and then it was like ten thousand, and then by the time it was ten thousand, it's like, man, I'm just gonna buy a fucking camera and mm-hmm. put that fucking thing up because I'm seeing music videos now where it looks like a high school kid made it. And it has millions of fucking views and they're using stock effects from like iMovie to like twist it around and shit like that. And it's like people think it's fire and I'm fucking over. Like I am done spending so much money to make something that I don't know if people really give a fuck about, Mm -hmm. especially since now we have shit like this. Like now we have wide open portals to who we are as artists and we don't need to fucking show them our image through these videos anymore. And we could like do, you know, like, like story pieces and we can make these big elaborate videos to coincide with our records. But once again, people aren't even really listening to records like they were like they they want singles. You can give them in a batch at the end of the year and they're like, cool, I'm happy to go. Blah, 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 blah. But like. I, I do believe that there is like value to visual content, but I think like just full scale ball to the wall fucking, you know. $50,000 music videos aren't really necessary, especially for like an artist of like my caliber. Um, I don't think that if I spend that money on a video that it's going to do any better for me mm-hmm. than if I just like come up with a quick, like here's three shots. We're just going to cut between these three shots and here we go. Um, weird. Like, fucking tidbit about that is back in the day i've known macklemore since i moved to washington in like 2000 he was Mm -hmm. like one of the first people i met just randomly like skateboarding through college campus um became really tight he's the whole reason why i ended up moving from olympia to seattle and like kind of locking in with different people we've known each other for a long time and when he like really blew up he took me out to lunch to talk to me about some shit and then i think it was like when winter and the wolves was coming out. And so we were riding around in his Cadillac and he was listening to some songs and he was like, man, I just don't know why it like hasn't happened for you. Like, you, you know, you, you can, you're great in the studio. You're great on stage. You can sing and you don't need this and you don't need that. 
and he's like, I was thinking about it. It's just like you don't have the music videos. Like if you had a dope ass music video, I think he said like ten thousand dollars. He's like, if you spent ten thousand dollars on a music video, I think you'd blow the fuck up. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, do you attribute your success to music video? Like how much you spent on music videos or like I don't know. Like I'll look at like look l- let's look at his biggest hit, like thrift shot. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it's big because of that video? Because the video is not great. Like it, it, it it's like okay, it's like mm-hmm. you in a fucking thrift shop. Like we get it. It's not like some mind blowing fucking like holy shit. Like that video was like oh yeah, but have you seen the video? Like it's not one of those. Mm-hmm. It's just like a yeah. Here's a goofy video to a goofy song. That song was lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. You're you were lightning in a bottle. I don't I don't attribute your success to your music videos. I, I think it's great that you have them. And of course you get a lot of numbers on them. Um, but I don't think you'd be less famous if you didn't have them. I don't think that people just like you for your music videos. I think they like you for your fucking music. <laughs> and I don't think that that was great advice personally. And I've thought about it like a lot over the years and just being like, really, that's the thing that's missing here. It's maybe it's that I'm not trying. (laughs) Maybe it's that I haven't applied myself to that realm or, or that I don't make the same kind of music that you do or like a hundred other fucking things. Um, I don't think that the fact that I don't put so much time, energy and money into music videos is like, I think the thing that's holding Um, you back. Yeah. Because I have put that time, money, and energy in music videos, and it has never yielded any fruit of that sort. Like, mm-hmm. so um, I, I don't know. But just having this conversation reminded me of that, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I was told once that if I just did this, things would be better." But it's not really true. It's interesting because I love having those comp- conversations, especially with people that are at like a higher level than me or have gain had more success have more followers and and fans and stuff i'm i'm interested to ask them like you know outside looking in on my career like what am i doing that that is good and what am i doing that you feel like i could be doing better or things that i'm not doing that that i need to be doing and need to focus on things that that helped you get to where you're at to uh to it's interesting that macklemore chose that as the one thing looking at you that he's just like you know you got this check check here check that check that box check that box but there's this this music video box it's not checked yet i, I don't yeah. understand that but it, and it's so funny because i i'm totally on the same vein as you in the sense that like i think the music has a lot to do with it and the fact that like your music isn't macklemore sounding music you know what i mean like he's it feels like he's trying to make pop hits um yeah and like big records like that like i i don't think you're none of the music that i've heard from you really makes me say like oh this guy wants to make a pop hit you know what i mean he wants like yeah you know and ever it's it's interesting though as artists because how do how do you how do you blow up without a pop hit you know what I mean? Like, how how do you get to that Macklemore level level without releasing a record that that is in that vein that that sound that gets played on the radio? Even like, look at NF. I'm I'm sure you've yeah. you've heard heard his stuff and and followed his career. It's so interesting for him because he seems to still like it doesn't sound like he's trying to make pop records when he makes music. Yeah. But, but somehow, his shit blows the fuck up. 
Um, well, that's the other. That's what everybody thinks they can do is create their own lane to get there, right? And and then we want to pick other people's brains about how they got there so that we can kind of apply that to what we're doing. And that's not norm case. I mean, that's why what you hear on the radio all kind of sounds the fucking same because eventually someone's like, well, I'm going to fucking do that too. Or they're just inspired by the shit that they hear on the radio and they want to do the same shit. And a lot of people don't really care if it's the same thing a hundred times over. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was driving the other day. I was like, I feel like I just listened to the same beat like six times in a row. Um, but it was all different, you know, shit on like the fucking big rap station. Yeah. Um, and I think kind of what you were saying and, and, and looking back at like Macklemore's advice is I think he thought that that was real and, and that might actually be real for him. You know, like he might attribute his videos to his success and, and that that's valid. You know, that's like that, that is something that he's probably going, well, here's what I did. And if I'm looking at what you're doing and what I did, here's the part that you didn't do. Um, I mean, I didn't ask (laughs) for for this advice, but like, I'm, it's, it's like, there is no real way to tell somebody how to do it. And just because I did, you know, A through Z does not mean that it's going to take down my path. And I, that's why I get so frustrated when I see people trying to sell that idea on the, um, even artists that I like respect and like truly like, I, I, I see them trying to like, like fucking, I'm not going to name any names, but I see a lot of like, here's a sure shot way to clear beat block. And here's this and that. And it's like, it's all bullshit. Like that's not true. You can't, you cannot sell somebody a guaranteed way to do that. Like, you buy this class and I guarantee you'll get more placements and blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. I was with Warner Brothers, got no placements. Like it's, it, it, it isn't, it isn't about, you can't just write a laundry list of shit and have it work for everybody. It mm-hmm. is not how this business works. It has never worked that way. And you should know that, but that is also probably why you are selling tutorials right now. Um, it's, so many people want to ask how to do it. And I think the number one answer should always be there is no fucking real way. There's there's a couple guidelines that you can follow, um, but even those things might not work for you. The things that I did personally aren't going to work for you, Robbie G, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe some of them will. But if you stick to the T and you're like, ah, it's not fucking working for me, th- this isn't right then you don't allow yourself to come up with your own approach with mm-hmm. your own, you know, to find your own path, your own lane. You don't have style. to stick to the trail. You can bushwhack it and still get to the top. Mm-hmm. I love seeing those artists that are able to do that too. The ones, the, the BA Johnsons or the people that are just like make kind of strange, very niche music that you feel like only a few people are going to listen to. And somehow it, it hits that few people and it resonates with them and it just poof, takes off. You know, I, yeah. I love seeing people who can kind of read between the lines and, and say, you know, OK, I understand that's how you're doing it, but I'm just going to keep doing it the way that I'm doing it. And eventually people are going to catch on to it. And I think a lot of artists get stuck in that chase where they're they're always trying to chase the 
the next thing that they think is going to help them blow up. And it especially happens with platform hopping where like a new, a new platform comes up and an artist goes, Oh, oh I just need to create a, a TikTok account and I'm just going to, I'm going to blow up then, you know, everyone's just going to know yeah. who I am, you know, and they'll, they'll attempt it for a little bit and then go, Oh shit. No, this, that, that might've worked for that person, but it's not working for me. I need to figure out what it is that is actually working. You know what I mean? And just, yeah, finding your own style is so crucial when it comes to anything, even, I remember learning um, how to, you know, write graffiti early on. And one of the biggest things that they were talking about in like the the videos, I remember watching um, there are some like classic graffiti videos that some people had shown me. And they're just like, if you want to get into graffiti, this is the one you, you watch. And even in there, they'll be like, yeah, we're showing you the way that we're doing it. But and and that's cool but at the end of the day you're you're going to want to develop your own style you're not going to want to copy and mimic everything that that we're doing you're going to want to find your own way and your own voice um through this and artists artists all the time end up wanting to sound like somebody else or seeing somebody else's success and being like oh okay so that's how they're doing it that's how i need to do it and it, you need to remind yourself that what you do is unique to you and nobody else is doing it the way that you're doing it and the more that you can really hone in on that uniqueness and what makes you you you're gonna blow up eventually i don't think you have to follow the formula to get there and i love seeing people who can go outside of the box and not follow the the normal route that people take to to gain success and still find it for themselves and then the other question is what is success to you like like you said your goal of just being able to live off of music you know i just want to have a life of music i want to be able to provide for my family live a happy life be able to pay my bills and and do music and that's all i really want to do you know and that's 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 a beautiful thing that's that's definitely a goal for me is just just do this and be able to pay my bills and you know if if tracks take off that's awesome if if i get to tour in other countries in the world that's amazing but at the end of the day i really just want to make music have people that support me and and be able to be free to just make the music that I want to make and not feel the pressure of like having to do a certain type of sound or, or style, just do what, what feels good for me. I think we lose focus of the, the fruits of the labor versus the labor itself. Like, um, I think a lot of people just want the fruit and (laughs) want to do as, as little labor as possible to get there. Um, but I enjoy the labor. The labor is my favorite part. I love making music. I love music. I'd like if I went and developed fucking software VSTs, I'd be happy as a fucking clam because I still have music in my life and I still get to fucking play around with music. Um, my ideal scenario is not me on a stage being praised for the work. That's a fruit of the labor. The labor has always been the objective i love it i i got talked into releasing my first record not because i wanted to i just had a bunch of music and i wanted to work with other people and and i just liked fucking making music it was great such a good feeling um and and then i put out irreversible and just shit went and then you know even then i was like well it's cool but you know blah, 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 blah. i went back to my job after that atmosphere tour and my boss was like you don't work here anymore i was like i fucking 100 bitch you have to fire me for me to not work here like i i definitely do still work here he's like look i love you 
we, we had met in a studio. He was kind of like a mentor to me through a lot of shit, but he ended up leaving the studio and getting a restaurant. And I went with him because fuck that studio. <laughs> um, but, you know, we went with him and, you know, I, he's like, if you work your ass off for me, I will teach you everything that you didn't learn at the studio. I got you. I was like, okay, cool. Um, so I dedicated my time to him and he let me tour and he let me like put the energy into the music. And I always had a job um, with him when I would come back. And in 2007, he was like, dude, if you rely on me, you are not going to take the leap that you need to take right now. And I can see it. And I didn't take my leap. So you need to take it. Um, you don't fucking work here. If if you fall on your ass, you walk, you you know you can come back here, but you're gone now. So go do that thing. Um, and that was crazy uh, because it was like, well, I can work here and make music and be just as happy. Like, um, and you know, those first few years wasn't great. Like it, it was me really fucking struggling and me being on the road nine months out of the year. And I don't give a fuck who you are. That's not all that fun. Like nine months of touring is fucking That's exhausting. That's nine months of playing relatively the same set over and over and over and over again that's no money if you're touring that much you're grinding it that so you're definitely not the headliner which means you're opening for peanuts and you're doing a lot of having you're staying in a lot of shitty hotels you are not maintaining a relationship in your early 20s when you're gone for nine months out of the year so you're fucking lonely and you're just hustling the whole time it's not what you think like it's fucking suck those first mm -hmm. years were rough as shit um but I put in my work and shit got better for me um, to where I could have the securities almost that I had when I was just making music and I had the job um, because it isn't all that great to be vulnerable and be stripped down and just be left with the one thing that used to just make you happy um, with and you didn't have to rely on it to also pay your bills and all that shit like it was a lot different and a lot of people want to skip all that shit and go straight to like how do I get on? Like, how do I be you? Like, how do I get a fucking breakout hit? And that's why they start making music like that. That's why they start mimicking the things that they're hearing like that. Because if they could just skip that shit, it would be a lot easier. And I agree, it 100% would be a lot easier. But my goal has never been to be on. Um, my goal has been to progress, always be the the better form of myself from record to record um to never fall into one pattern um my my goal is to explore deeper and darker parts of the music um i don't want to just regurgitate the same things and i want to learn i want to become a better musician through the process so mm -hmm. i want my theory to step up i want my writing to step up or slow down i'm sick of covering shit with words maybe let's let the music breathe i want to put an instrumental record out like I, I want to learn synthesis. So, okay, let's buy some synthesizers and like start learning. Who knows? Maybe fucking weird bleep and bloop record is coming out soon. But like, it's, I've always wanted to evolve in my musical process, in my work. Um, and it never had the fruit as the objective. It wasn't like, I need to do these things so that I can be more successful. Um, it was just so that I could have more music in my life. Mm -hmm. I'd rather do more of the work than, than sit around and dangle the fruit. The fruit's great. 
pays the bills, but like the work is like everything. The music is everything. That's beautiful. That's why we do it. That's why we do it. I love it. I love it. It's not uh it's not the destination, it's the journey that matters and yeah, a lot of artists and and just people in in general get lost in that lost in the sauce and thinking that you know it's about the end goal when it's the whole process that takes you there that you're going to you're going to have you're going to find the most enjoyment and become the most fulfilled. So that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm going to enjoy music when all this is over. I'm going to enjoy making music when this career goes down and you know it can't last forever right so it's like i'm i'll still always have this i'll have a place that i can go and just like make music it'll be a a thing that i get to share with my kid you know it's gonna be always there for me beyond you know the the stage and the lights so don't like lose grasp on that or else it doesn't become this wonderful thing that allowed you to have this career it was because of the energy that you put into the music that allowed you to have those things. And when those things go away, you know, don't blame the music. It's just the natural order of things. And, you know, still find release and like sanctuary almost in, in your creative process, whether it be music, whether it be fucking pottery or painting or porn. If you're <laughs> fucking, if your shit is porn, that's cool too. It's therapy. I'm with it. Right. Beautiful. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's what's up, man. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for, for yeah. just, uh, for everything, man. You're, you're one of the realest in the game and I appreciate, uh, the fact that I got a chance to, to get on the road with you and get, get to know you a little bit. And, um, yeah, man, I'm, oh, I'm absolutely, just man. blessed, blessed, man. Thank you so much for, for being on the pod. Really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, definitely looking forward to eventually hitting the road again when you get back to Canada, uh, when the borders open. Cause yeah, I've got, uh, I got some places that I'd love to, to bring you. I'm in. Hell yeah, man. That's what's up. Much respects, man. Thank you once again for uh, for doing the pod. And yeah, man, just keep on doing what you're doing because I, I love seeing it. You're you're enthralled. You're keeping keeping the audiences engaged. If you if you don't know about it, um, you're on Twitch, and that's every um, what, Monday what and Wednesday. Monday and Wednesday. What's the time? Uh, five o'clock PST. Five o'clock Pacific time. Check them out on Twitch, and uh, yeah, check out the tunes, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> And uh, keep it real, man. We'll catch up soon. Peace to you. Yeah. Peace, brother. And there you have it. That is podcast number 14 with the homie Greaves. Much respects to him for coming on and uh, being just open and honest, talking about life and the journey and the creative process. It was awesome. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Tune in for lots more coming. Peace.